Welcome to the April 17th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 7, and the sermon is entitled, Reaching to Jesus, delivered today by Pastor Michael Fitzgerald. We gather here today to say, we know there is an empty grave. Amen. Christ is risen here today. Uh, just to share with you what a privilege it is to stand in this pulpit to see the pastor's dream, the full house, and here we are. I'm glad we had some who were sitting on steps up there. I think they've got seats now, and I'm sure thankful for that. We want to welcome every person here, every person online, uh, as we think about the most beautiful, wonderful, hope-giving day in all of Christendom, in all of the world, the hope that every human being has because we have a resurrected living Savior. And that's why we're together today. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ here in this sanctuary around the world. And today I want us to concentrate on one little act that every one of us does. And that is the act of reaching, reaching out. Uh, In many, many phone calls and texts and emails that I receive uh, on a daily and weekly basis, I've caught this catchphrase that has become very predominant in our conversation with one another when people say, thank you for reaching out to me. You see that? Maybe you use that in your own emails. Thank you for reaching out, or I want to reach out to you. And that has become a very predominant phrase in our communication with one another. I'm reaching out to you. Well, we know we have a Savior who reaches out to us. And we're so thankful that He loves us that much. Reaching out. There's a memory that I've carried. I've spoken this some 15 years ago, so if you remember it, you were here, and it's one of those memories that's hard to forget, but I've carried this memory, and my sister Patty, if you saw right before we started, she came up here and hugged me. Uh, She is almost completely carefree after a liver transplant uh, this past summer. Praise God. But my sister Patty carries carries this memory as well. It is so etched in my mind that I have thought of this memory literally thousands and thousands of times over the course of my life. It happened early on in my life. Our mother, Patty's mother and my mother, worked as a charge aide at Western State Hospital in Stanton, Virginia for about 25 years. She was charge aide over the female ward that had incoming patients So the patients that came into Western State Hospital passed through my mother's care. Some of them very, very disturbed. If you don't know about Western State Hospital, it takes care of people with deep mental needs. And they minister to those who have those needs. And I'm so thankful my mother was one who did that. In our preteen years, before we were 10 or 11 years old even, my sister and I would go over to visit my mother and she taking care of this ward of patients, would meet us at the door. It was always locked, so no one could move, and she would let Patty and me in. And I believe, really, God spoke to me and began planting the seed for ministry in me in these days when I was six, eight years old, and my sister was a little bit younger than that. But God began planting ministry in me as I looked at hurting people, And at that age, I was thinking, how can we help hurting people? And Patty and I would visit with our mother in that ward, and this, of course, was in the 1960s. 
And many of the patients at Western State Hospital were brought to the front gate of the hospital and put out and left there. And the hospital would come and retrieve them and take them into the ward where they needed to be processed and brought into Western State. But many of those patients were dropped off by their families and no one ever visited them again for the rest of their life. They lived a lonely life at Western State. But people like my mother made that life full of love. And I will always appreciate the way my mother took care of those patients. It wasn't simply a job. She loved those who had those special needs. And as children, Patty and I would visit our mom, and I remember walking down the main hallway of the ward on which mom worked. And it was right after supper time, most of the time when we got there, and so there were women in feeding chairs that lined those walls, both walls down that hallway, as mom would get them and her helpers would get them one by one and get them ready for bed. But as Patty and I were walking through, five, six, seven, eight years old, I remember so very well that those women on both sides of the hallway would reach across the tables of their feeding chairs, reaching toward us, straining across the chair, trying to get to Patty and me. And I'll have to say, it was a little bit of a scary sight when you're six or seven years old. But over the years, God clarified to both Patty and me why they reached across those feeding chairs as they did. It was certainly not to hurt us, but rather... In their moment of need, they saw children and were reminded that they too were mothers, grandmothers. And they were reaching to hold two children because it reminded them of the children that they used to hold to themselves, to the grandchildren that they carried in their arms, reaching out to hold us. It's an image that I will never forget. If I live past 100, I will never forget the image of walking down that hallway, seeing those extended arms from both sides reaching to Patty and me. It's an action that God implants in us. It's an action of communion and connection and attraction and love when we reach to one another, when we love one another, when we hug one another. But as I read the Gospels, the image returns to me over and over again. I think that's why I'm so reminded of that image of my childhood is because I see it in Jesus' life. Everywhere Jesus went, he was surrounded by people who reached to him for help, who reached to him for ministry, people in need reaching to Christ. For example, in Luke chapter 17, somewhere between Samaria and Galilee, there were ten lepers there. Leprosy was a physical disease that was a death sentence. If you caught leprosy, you were ostracized from the community, put into a colony, and you would live there until your body literally rotted apart with leprosy. Ten lepers met Jesus there, pleading, reaching, asking to, for healing. They, they cried out, have mercy on us. And Jesus healed all ten of them, and only one returned to say thank you. They were healed of a death sentence, and nine never came back to say thank you. Today we are here because we have been healed of sin and death and hell, and we're here today to say thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen? Amen. 
If you don't know him as your Savior today, you will have the opportunity to thank him by giving him your heart today before this Easter service is done. We're here to say thank you to our Savior. Matthew chapter 14, the disciple Peter walks on the water momentarily as he steps out of the boat. And you remember his faith falters. He begins to, to, he's reaching for Jesus as he's walking on the water. But as his faith falters and he begins to sink, Jesus then has to reach to him. But Peter got out of the boat because he was trying to get to Jesus on the sea. Mark chapter 5, a woman sick for 12 years was on a street and a throng of people surrounding Jesus. And this woman said to herself, sick for 12 years, had spent all of her money on doctors, no healing ever came, she was hopeless, she was helpless, and she simply said, if I can just reach through the people, if I can reach through all the robes and all of the legs and all of the people surrounding Jesus and simply take the hem of his garment, I can be healed. If I just reach out to touch him, he doesn't have to know I'm reaching. It will be an anonymous touch from someone in the crowd. If I can just touch his robe, I'll be healed. And she was. But Jesus knew power had gone out. And he identified with who she was. Because she reached to him. See, Jesus spent his ministry dealing with people who were always reaching to him. And he always responded by meeting the need. Be it a need for healing a need for salvation, a need for a touch from God. He always responded, meeting the need. 2,000 years later, it is still true for you and me, brother and sister. He meets our needs. He takes care of us. He blesses us. He protects us. He walks with us. He loves us so deeply. He is always reaching to us. A familiar verse in the Bible is John chapter 6, verse 37, where Jesus says, He who cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. But if you read that in the original Greek, what it actually says is, the one who runs to me, the one who reaches to me, I will in no way turn away. If you run to Jesus, if you reach to Jesus, he is there to reach back to you. That's the, that's the blessing of Easter. That's the blessing of our Savior, that he loves us so deeply. On this Easter Sunday, that promise is still real, still in effect for every single life. If you're here today, behind me or before me, if you're listening online today, this promise is enacted for you through Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because he's not simply a Savior who died on a cross. We do not gather here today to worship a dead Savior. We gather here today to worship the Savior who rose from the grave and who is a living Savior today. And praise God, there is no other faith. Do you know there are identified about 4,000 faiths or religions in the world? Only one has a risen Savior, and that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is His day. Easter is His day. He is the way and the truth and the life, and there is no other way to God the Father than but through Him. Praise God, we know and worship that Savior. Well, today, I want us to allow Scripture to speak for itself on Resurrection Sunday. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 9. Matthew 28, verses 1 through 9. Here is Matthew's account of the resurrection of Jesus. In the end of the Sabbath, as it, was, 
as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and become as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee, there shall ye see him, lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail! And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. May God add his blessing to Matthew's account of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What I want you to see, especially in verse 9, is that those two women reached out and worshipped Jesus by putting their arms around his feet. They fell in submission, they fell in surrender, they fell in love, and they reached out to a Savior who had risen from the grave for them. They returned his reach of love by reaching to the Savior. You know, I often think, what does Jesus see when he looks at this old world today? What does he see? I think back 2,000 years ago when he looked over Jerusalem and he saw lost people and people who didn't care and people who hated his ministry and people who were going about as sheep without a shepherd. And it says that Jesus wept when he looked over those people who were so lost. And here we are 2,000 years later, and when Jesus looks over our world today, I believe through his own tears again, he sees war, he sees political unrest, he sees misused political power, he sees suffering, he sees pain, and he still sees people who are wandering about as sheep without a shepherd. No hope, no purpose, no life. Through his tears, he sees lost people and a lost hopeless world. It's amazing to me as we think about what Jesus sees when he looks. On the home front of our country, he sees people on this treadmill of just living life day by day, earning money, paying bills, the routine of life. And from our little community right here in central Virginia to all around this world, So many just do not know how deeply Jesus loves them. There are so many people who are living in the sheer, unknowing ignorance that Jesus loves them, that Jesus cares for them. The good news has not come to them. Jesus loves them so much that he laid down his perfect life as the Lamb of God that we might be forgiven, shedding his perfect blood for our imperfect, sinful lives. He laid down his life that we might be forgiven. So many don't know the joy and the meaning of Easter 
for so many, even in our community around us, Easter is nothing more than Easter baskets and eggs and bunnies and family get-togethers and meals. All those are okay things, but that's not what Easter is. Easter is the celebration of a risen, loving Savior who reaches to us and that we have the opportunity to reach to Him and love Him as He first loved us. The risen, living Savior. So many don't know. Praise God, you know. Praise God, as you listen online, you're learning, you know that Jesus loves us that deeply. That message needs to go around the world. And we need to run to him for a peace that the world cannot offer. We need to reach to him for a salvation that only he can give. There's no other place in the world to receive it than through Jesus Christ, the way and the truth and the life. He is the way to heaven. He is the way to forgiveness. You know, sometimes even we, and I put myself in this category, even sometimes we who know Jesus get so busy with life that somehow Jesus gets moved to the back seat. And he's not as important, he's not as prevalent in, his, in our life as he should be. And we don't give him the honor that he so deserves. We give him a little snippet of time every now and then, but we haven't laid our life down to him in surrender. I'm guilty before you. Because we just get busy living. We have to refocus what's really important in life. And the most important thing is loving, serving, and witnessing for our Savior Jesus. That is the key to life. When our walk strays from Him, we need to come back to center as to living for the Lord Jesus. As the living Lord, He comes to us wherever we are in life, whoever you are, wherever sin might be in your life, wherever you might live, and He's pleading, come unto me, reach unto me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, and I will give you peace, and I will give you salvation and grace. Just reach to me. I'm reaching to you. Reach back to me. Come to me. That's the call of the Bible. Come to me from the Savior. You know, some years ago, there was a program on radio and it still exists in podcast. I don't hear it on radio uh, anymore, at least on the station I listen to. But a pastor named Lon Solomon had a radio program, and the title of his program, the title of his ministry was, So What? with a question mark. Now that title kind of grabs you, doesn't it? When you think about a sermon series, and the title of it is, So What? But it really does grab your attention when you think about it. You know, you can hear all of the truth of the Bible. You can hear all of the truth about a cross and a resurrection. But how does it change your life? What does it mean to you and to me? So what that Jesus died on the cross and rose from a grave? What does it mean to me? How does it change me? How does it affect my life? How does it affect my walk in the world? So what that Jesus died on the cross and rose from a grave? What does it mean to my life? What does it mean to your life? Today is not this little perfunctory service just because it's Easter that we all show up. My prayer is you show up next Sunday. Show up the Sunday after Easter because it is still in force that we're to live for the Savior, Jesus Christ. We're to worship Him. We're to lay down our life before Him. We're to surrender to Him. So the question becomes, how does the truth of Jesus change my life? When Jesus reaches to me, how does it change my life? On this Easter Sunday, 
The message of God's word is that God loves us so much that he did lay down his life and that he did rise from the grave to give us eternal life. And he is reaching out to every person. And he's offering us life and hope and blessing. He is offering to take away the fears that this world instills in us through the wars and the unrest and all of the negative things that happen in the world. The way to be delivered of fear is to reach out to Jesus. And to come to him as Savior. Because he's saying, reach to me. I want to walk with you. I want to be your Lord and your Savior and your friend. And I want a relationship with you. I want you to know that every day I have a conversation with you. And every day I want to shelter you and protect you. And direct your walk as you follow the footsteps that I lay before you. That's how much I love you. That's how much I'm reaching to you. And I want you to follow me. So here's the question of Easter. So what? How does it change your life? What does Easter mean to you and me? How does it bring purpose to our life? How can Jesus change our life? Well, maybe on this Resurrection Sunday, for the very, very first time, you need to reach up to Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, I believe that throughout my life you have been reaching to me. And you died on the cross for me, that I might be forgiven of sin. And you rose from the grave for me, that I might have life eternal through faith in you. You have been reaching to me throughout my entire life. At every corner, at every turn, every morning, every night, Lord, I realize that you're reaching to me. And I know, Lord, that you love me so much that you are a living Savior, and you have patiently waited and you have patiently reached to me for a long time. And I know I'm a sinner. And I know my sin has caused a broken relationship between me and my God. And I want healing in that relationship. And I know there's one bridge to get to God, and that's by the cross and the empty grave of Jesus Christ. He is the way and the truth and the life. So, Lord Jesus, I do believe that you died on the cross. And I do believe that you rose from the grave. And I know, Lord, that you want to promise me forgiveness and eternal life. So today, Lord, for the very first time, I reach to you. You have reached to me every day of my life. Today, for the first time, I'm accepting Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, and I reach to you, and I ask your forgiveness, and I ask to be your son, your daughter. I ask to walk with you. I ask, Lord, for eternity to live with you. I need you as my Savior, and today is the day that I reach and ask you to come and be my Savior. If you're online today with us, you can do that right where you are at home to reach to Jesus and ask him to be your Savior. It's true right here in-house. If you've never received him, he's reaching to you. My question is, will you reach back to him? Will you receive what he's offering? Today is the day that you can make that wonderful decision, and you can make it public at the very end of this service in just a few moments. Christians and believers here today, in this Easter Sunday, I have to ask you again, Christian, so what? What does it mean to us? What does Easter mean to you? It's more than just coming to a big service once a year. But rather, it's coming to a Savior saying, I want to love you and serve you and walk with you all year long. I want to be your child. I pray this is more than just a little Easter service in your week. I pray that we're asking the Lord to bless us and we are lifting up thanks before him as a Savior who loves us so much that he went to the cross and he came from the grave that we might have life everlasting. I am thankful to tell you today that the specter of COVID is now vanishing. I'm 
proud to say today that the church is filling again. Hallelujah. One of the saddest days of my entire life as a ministry, as a minister was two years ago when I preached the Easter service and there were 10 people in this room. That was a hard, hard Easter. Just the guys who ran the media and a couple who sang special music. The rest of the sanctuary was empty. That was the most depressing Easter I've ever lived through. It's wonderful to see you here today. Wonderful to have you here. Praise God. The church is filling again. Church ministries are gaining strength and steam again. And we need you to be a part of those ministries as this church reaches out to a world that truly, desperately needs Jesus Christ. We have a ministry that is worldwide. We need your help there. And Clifford Baptist Church, you know in these days we're poised for changes in leadership and changes in ministry. But today is all about Jesus, and he will lead us every step of the way as his church. And we will reach a world for the living Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about Christ. And we need to keep Jesus in the middle of everything we do and everything we think. And we need to keep his word in leadership of every step of ministry that we take as an individual and as a church. This is central to follow the footsteps of Jesus. If we ever stray off the course to something else, we'll cease to be a church. Can we say this together, Lord? All of me belongs to you. Lord, on this Easter Sunday, I surrender to you. I lay down my life to you as your son, your daughter. I want to continue growing in my walk with you. I want to continue growing in my service to you. I know I have gifts and talents that you've given me. I want to use them in the kingdom's work. You know, we Baptists are not quite as demonstrative as other denominations. You know, some denominations, when they, when they worship together, they are pretty active, pretty outgoing. Uh, we're not so much. We're kind of in the middle of that. Uh, I, I have a pastor friend. He's a Baptist pastor, and he said, My church is so quiet that if I ask for an amen, I have to ask him to write it down on a piece of paper and put it in a collection plate. <laughs> You're much better than that, Clifford Baptist Church. Praise God. But as we close today, Here's what I'm going to ask you. Can we reach up and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. It's all about you. I know I have to make money, pay bills, raise family, all those things, but you set the course of our life. Set the course for our church. Thank you for reaching to us constantly. Thank you for walking with us constantly. But Lord, I want to reach to you and say thank you. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my church. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak the name of Jesus out there in the world and to walk as a witness and a representative for you. Now, no pressure at all? No pressure at all. When I close in prayer, if you just want to raise up your hand and say, Lord, thank you, you can do that. Or if you want to cup your hands and say, Lord God, my blessings are so many, my cup runneth over. Join me in that this final prayer, if the Lord leads you to do that. But also today, here, here's my request for my church family. And I did this last night right here in this sanctuary. On Easter night, I want you to be by yourself just for a few moments, find a quiet place, maybe if the weather's nice outside, somewhere that's a cherished place that you do devotions in your home, but by yourself, 
I want you to go into that private, quiet place, and I want you to lift up your hands and just say, Lord Jesus, on this Easter Sunday, thank you for my blessings. Thank you that you saved my soul. Thank you that you constantly reach to me. I'm reaching to you tonight. And I'm asking you, Lord, to lead me, guide me, that my life will have purpose in the kingdom of God. Because, Lord, when I get home and when I walk through the gate, I want to hear you say to me, well done, son or daughter. Well done. I'm reaching to you, Lord. I'm asking for your leading. And I can tell you, I've done this many, many times, and I just feel sometimes like Jesus takes my hands and I can feel him. So tonight in a private place, lift up your hands. Reach to him. Just as the Bible shows us so many people reach to him. Tonight, you reach to him. And thank him for all of his gifts in your life. And I believe you'll feel the hands of Jesus on your hands when you reach to him. If you need him as your Savior today, reach to him. He's waiting for you. Come to this altar. Fall wherever you are online. Fall at that couch. Fall by the kitchen table wherever you are and accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. It is the invitation. It's the reason we meet on Easter Sunday. Every Sunday and every day has hope because of this day, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Church home, whatever you need, he meets us here. Let's pray together. Our Father, our God, thank you that you love us so much, Father. I pray right now, Lord, for that one person who's never come to Jesus as Lord and Savior. On this Easter Sunday, he or she can pray this little prayer with me, dear Lord. I understand that you love me, that you've been with me, that you've looked over my life for years. And I thank you that you've reached to me and you've protected me and you've blessed me. But today, Lord, I'm turning my eyes to you and I can see the blessings and I want to reach to you. And I want to give you my heart. I want to give you my life. And I want to accept you as my Savior. I believe you died on the cross for my sin to forgive me. And I believe that you rose from the grave to give me eternal life. And so today, Lord, I put my life in your hands. I'm reaching to you, and I'm asking for your grace in this moment. Thank you, Lord, for those who prayed that little prayer, who enter into the kingdom of God. When they confess it with their lips and believe in their hearts that Jesus raised from the dead, they will be saved, according to Romans 10:9. For we who are believers, Lord, we lift up our hands of praise to you. And we thank you that you love us and that you've reached to us through every day. Help us, Lord, constantly and continually to reach to you for love and leadership and guidance that our life will be lived to your glory. That this church will be lived to your glory and that we will extend the love of Jesus to a world who needs him. Bless us in this day and in every day ahead, we pray. And the strong name of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen.
Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.